Well, tonight we're going to talk about being in a hurry. I'm in a hurry most of the time. I eat too fast. I drive too fast. I seem like I'm always going somewhere, really trying to get there fast so I can get it over with or whatever it may be. I, I do it with everything. I want to do it quickly and get it over with or whatever. But then I slow down when there's hard things to do that I don't want to do as much. You know, those things that you have on, <laughs> that on your list, you go, I really don't want to do that. And you kind of put those off. You're not in such a hurry to get to those. I, I might be the only one that way. I just kind of, there's some things. Now, there's some things that if it's a really bad task, I go on and try to get it over with. So I don't have to deal with it. But um, I remember in college, I was definitely the procrastinator in college. My goal in college was to get through, and um, I, I, I was a music major in college. I went to William Carey College in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. I'm sure you've all heard of it, and nobody, yeah, really, probably not, other than you know, everybody's heard of William Carey, especially the Baptist group that's a famous missionary, but the school is just this little tiny Baptist college in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. There was another school, University of Southern Mississippi, was right across town and so we had all these students for there and then little William Carey little Baptist folks but anyway I am um, I decided that I so much wanted to get out of college that I was going to try to graduate in three years I said I don't want to do four years I want to get it done so I went summers and everything 20 hours a semester um, you know the whole nine yards and I got through in three years I literally did it and as a music major which is really kind of weird because anybody that knows anything about music majors you have more classes than anybody else they have you have all these one-hour classes and all these things so I went eight to five on Mondays and Wednesdays on Tuesdays and Thursdays I went eight to five classes I had an hour for lunch period I mean literally went to classes all day long because music majors you got a voice class was one hour you had this class that was an hour you had choir you had to be in you had all these things one hour. so I mean I basically ran for three years to get done I look back on that now and go what was my hurry I don't remember anything about college I've met a few friends I remember I got through I didn't have stellar grades but I got through. I went to seminary, did the same thing. Went to summer schools, took the full credit hours, did the whole thing. Why? Because I wanted to get done. I look back and go, boy, that, that was just not the right way to do things. And we sometimes, we get that. God's commands, however, we have some urgent things we need to do. And we don't seem to have that same urgency about those so we're going to kind of talk about that a little bit and some other things in John chapter 9 we're in the gospel of John chapter 9 beginning verse 1 John 9 1 through 12 if you would like to stand with me as we read God's word as he Jesus went along he saw a man blind from birth his disciples asked him rabbi who sinned this man or his parents that he was born blind Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. As long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. 
Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, Isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was. Others said, No, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. How then were your eyes open? They demanded. He replied, The man they called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to go into Siloam and wash. So I went and washed, and then I could see. Where is this man? They asked him. I don't know, he said. May God bless the reading of his word. Y'all may be seated. I, I used the blind man illustration once before. This is a different kind of setup. So this man is blind. They walk up upon him. And the first thing the disciples say is it's the blame game. Who's at fault? Why did this happen? Was it his parents that sinned? Was it him that sinned? We're good at the blame game, aren't we? <laughs> well, why aren't you a millionaire? Well, I just didn't get the right opportunities. I didn't get to do this. Well, why aren't you at the... Well, we did, you know, we all have this... It's somebody else's fault. Well, you know, if somebody else had done this, I could have been there. You know, if I'd have done this, well, then that could have been me. I could have done... If, if, if we had this quarterback, then the Falcons would win. Or if we had, you know, blame game, right? We all know how to play the blame game. Why was he blind? He says, blame's not the reason. There's not, the reason is to glorify God. And we can all get caught up. We do it for our personal life. We do it in our church life. We have all kinds of excuses and all kinds of things that we decide it's not our fault or it's not this or it's not. Well, you know, sometimes God just wants to make himself known. And that's exactly what he was doing here. Uh, maybe God wanted to show his power and grace, which he did. And he wanted to give an example of what can happen if you'll surrender to him. And he's telling them, there's some urgency coming up. He says, I'm here right now. While I'm here, we better get the work done. Because I'm the light of the world while it's like, it's going to be a dark time. Are you in the dark time? <laughs> we know what a dark time looks like, don't we? All of a sudden, you know, I used to think that things were crazy in this world. You know, I really did. You know, I think back, you know, 10 years ago, I, I went on about, oh, man, it's just things. Are, I didn't know what, what was coming. This, this world we live in right now, it's a whole other. If you'd have told me back when I was in college or seminary, not much less, even in 2000 or 2001, Five, in those areas that they would all of a sudden make gay marriage a thing that should be done I'd have said you've got to be kidding that's not a you're out of your mind that's never going to happen well guess what not only is it a thing it's pretty much you need to accept it like it or not fortunately we, some of the churches have still gotten away from that but I'm wondering when that's coming to where they tried to force us. Uh, most churches I know have, have already put something in their bylaws or in their things that say, no, you can't do that. But if you'd have told me back, and, that, and when you told me at the beginning of my ministry that things were going, I would have said, yeah, crazy. And then what happens, COVID hits, 
and everything. You know, when you told me every church was going to be shut down for weeks, two months, most of them were at least two months shut down, some longer than that. If you'd have told me that was going to happen, I'd have said, no way, that's not going to, that, that can't happen. That, there's nothing's going to, we're not going to have a plague. Well, kind of, we're kind of in a plague, aren't we? We're all of a sudden there. And we've got to figure out, how do we maneuver this? And the church is trying to figure out, how do we maneuver this? How do we figure all this out? How do we make it an example of what God can do? Instead of, oh, woe is me, and oh, no, we're in a real mess now. How can we figure out what God can do? He's telling us, I am the light. And while I'm here, you have the light. If you've got the Holy Spirit, he will bring the light to us. We hurry about everything else. We're in a hurry and going and going and going except church or except leading others to Christ or except the urgency that we have to tell others about how much Jesus loves them and cares for them. And he is their answer to this plague that we're in. Is he going to cure it? I don't know. I don't. This man that was born blind didn't know Jesus was going to cure him. He had no clue. And when Jesus did, most of the people didn't believe it was him or didn't believe he did it. And, and as we'll talk about in a minute, is, and then he did it on the Sabbath. Of all the things. But you see, we want faster internet. We want fast food. We don't want to wait. We don't want to... De- you, ever, you ever gotten caught in a McDonald's line? And you've been there for, and you go... I'm not believing it's taken five minutes to get my lunch. I mean, we're there. We've all done it. I, I know I have. I've been going, tap my foot. Are they ever going to get to me? Why? Because we are so used to, we're in the instant gratification world, aren't we? I mean, we really are. We want it, and we want it now. Uh, our youth did a musical, and one of the songs was, I want what I want when I want it, and I want what I want right now. You know, that was kind of right. It was how it was. And, that, and that's kind of how we are. We know what we want. We want it now. We don't want to wait on it. We're in too big a hurry. But yet, when we come, church, well, that preacher better get that church growing pretty quick, or I don't know. This church is not that way. I found that out. They had a pastor 25 years, but I can, sh- I can point to you three or four, five, ten churches that they, they, that preacher doesn't produce lots of folks there quick, boom, 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 he's out of there, just like a coach, you know, they act like he's a coach of a football team, you know, if you don't win so many times, you're out of there, right, I'm, I'm worried about Florida State's coach, I'm just telling you, <laughs> you know, but I'm, what I'm saying is we, we get in that mind, and we want our results now, we want things now, we don't think about it, we think God doesn't care about how time passes yet here he says we must do this work while it is day right now we don't understand God's timetable we really don't and while we know a day is like a thousand years to him and we understand that we don't seem to be as urgent about making ourselves there and available to God quickly so that he can do things He is the light of the world. We go slow about his work because we don't always think about how important 
It really is. It's easy for us to get moving along in our things. We want God to hurry, but we don't want to serve or seem to care about his urgency and his message. His work sometimes is hard to see, and we're not always sure. So we, while we're in, a, we're in a hurry of getting other things done, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. You know, it, we never know when it's going to be too late to share to someone. These days and times should let us know more about the urgency of we don't know if we're going to have a second chance. We really don't. You know, I, I'm one, I know everybody in here has got a, an instance of somebody that, that went home to the Lord too early or didn't go to the Lord because they died too early. We all know that person that we wish we knew for sure. You know, you've gone to funerals where you go, I wonder if they were a Christian or not. We, would, we should all at least be able to go knowing if they were or not because we would found out about it, especially if somebody we loved or knew really close. We don't always do that. We have seasons of opportunity and we put it off sometimes. In the, in the times of peril that we're in, we never know what may happen and we miss our chance. The Wycliffe Bible translators, Bob and Jan Smotherland, were, um, were translating the Gospel of John um, with the help of the, of the son of the chief of this, the Makuna people. And he, they were finally finished. It took them five years to finish it. And they did just the Gospel of John translating it. And so they were reading it out loud because they got it done and and they got to this passage. And the chief stood up and said and declared, we have got to stop killing babies. They would kill or put a baby out in the desert somewhere if it was had any kind of disformity or any kind of disability or whatever may happen. If it wasn't a perfect baby, they would just take it out and leave it out there and go and leave it to die. He read this passage, and that's and he decided that there was had to be a better way. That's how the gospel works. That's how it makes it urgent. When we can read a passage like this and go, "Oh, we've got to stop an activity or a certain thing we're, we've always done. This tribe had always done that. They thought it was the right thing to do. That child was disabled. He wasn't going to be able to function as well. So, out of here. We're done." But you see, the power of God was quite evident. It was right there for him. There's a man named Worrell who at age 15 had a debilitating arthritis. It came to the point as, as the years went on that the only thing he could do was move his finger. Think about arthritis so bad, the only thing you can move is your finger. I cannot fathom what that would be like. And he had this, so he was about 30 years later, this man was, had learned to you put a string on his finger and attach it to a recording device so he could turn it off and on. Now, he could talk. He ended up writing for magazines, wrote books, led, various, and led a very productive life, even though he had this debilitating disease. We have to realize that God can use anybody with anything and I, I mentioned last week I think jo Johnny Erickson Tata 
and I read up some more on her as, as I was trying to think. And, I, and, and her story is more fascinating every time I read a little bit more. You know, she was 17 when she actually did the dive into the water that broke her neck, and she had no use of hands or legs. I mean, quadriplegic. I mean, this lady, and she wanted to die. She wanted people to assist her to kill herself. She really thought, I don't, I, I don't need to be around anymore. I can't do, deal with this. And I think back and I go, the people that she has touched over the years, I didn't realize she's 71 years old. You know, I remember when all this happened way back. Or, you know, I was younger than her. I'm younger than her, but not that much. And, and I, you know, I didn't realize that all the people that she has touched and used, it, it took her a while to understand what place she had in God's kingdom and what he could do. And then when she learned to paint with her mouth, that's what opened the doors and then boom her speaking and singing and all the other things opened even more doors and she's been on national television she has done what has she done for the paraplegic and the quadriplegic world what she has done for these people she has a special wheelchair she has all these she's traveled and and then reading about her husband you know she would just to ask her on a date you know she was like i never thought i'd ever date you know she didn't you know and, and this man cared enough about her they didn't they only dated several months it was less than a year they were engaged you know they been dating just a while and I think on the first day he had to change her bag her urine bag that she had on her leg because while they were on a date you know now think about that now that's a first date isn't it you know now guys if that one what most guys would have done what <laughs> I know I don't want to sign up for this I think about it because what he signed up for, she was that way when they first started it. So he was signing up for what? A lifetime of caring for this woman that could do nothing on her own. Her hands did not work. Her legs did not work. She could talk and move her head. And I think she has like a blowing device or something to make the wheelchair move or something. They have, they, I don't know how they do all these things. Technology is amazing. But... I think about that, but see what God did. God took this young couple now, been married 30-something years, I think, uh, and, you know, this couple, and made an example for people to see of how you can still do things for Christ no matter what's coming your way. When you think everything's over, you keep on going. Jesus made mud and put it on this man's eyes. And then he sent him to Siloam, the pool of Siloam. If you'll look at the words closely, he did not tell him he was going to be healed when he went to the pool of Siloam. He just sent him. This blind man went on faith. He didn't know God was going to heal him. He didn't know Jesus had that power. He wasn't sure, but he put those that mud on his eyes. And of course, in those days, saliva, they felt like, had a healing thing with the mud and, and all they thought that was a healing kind of thing and did that but then sent him to that pool and washed his eyes and all of a sudden he could see he his faith did that he had to wash and clean his eyes however and we need to be cleansed from the mud in our eyes 
we don't see a lot of things, do we? There's a lot of things we miss. I, I, I catch myself, I'm a TV nut, and I'll be playing on my iPad at the same time, and I'll miss something. That, oh, what was that? that? That looked like something I should have seen. We don't see things. We're blinded by all the stuff in the world and all the things that come around us. We, we move so quickly that we miss the ministry opportunities and the places that God puts us. And he puts us in all kinds of places and opportunities. And we are so busy doing where we're headed, doing our own agenda, we miss them. And we as Christians, of all people, at least especially now, we have to stop and let Christ minister to us and go where he sends us. And he's going to send you some interesting places. He's going to have some interesting things come in your path. If you're open, he really will open. If you start praying for opportunities, look out. Because he'll provide them. And he'll provide opportunities you never thought you'd have. People will open up conversations. You go, wait a minute. I didn't ask them that. And, they'll, and, and if you're quick on it, all of a sudden you'll have an opportunity to share who he is. It will astonish. <laughs> and when we do, he heals our blindness and lets us see what's in store for us. It will astonish our neighbors and friends as it did them. They're all going, whoa, that isn't the same guy. can't be. That's not possible. No, that couldn't be them. They change. I think sometimes a church misses opportunities in that they'll have somebody that's kind of got a reputation in the community for not being exactly a Christian acting person. And they'll show up at church and everybody will kind of look, oh, what are they doing here? I've watched it. I've seen it happen. When we should be going... Hallelujah, God brought them here. Ooh, let's see what's going to happen now. Because I bet God can do something miraculous in their lives. Think of the lives that could be possibly saved and brought together if the church handled it that way. Think of the marriages that could be healed if the church handled it that way. Think of the relationships that could be healed. Think of the sins that could be taken care of. They asked of this who was this guy? His walk was different. His attitude was different. He was made new. When Christ comes into your life, when Christ heals us, our walk is different. Our attitude is different. We're made new. It happens to all of us. We just have to slow down enough to see what God's doing in the ministry because he does have a ministry for everybody in here. I don't care who you are. Okay? It's easy for us to think that, well, I'm... I'm getting up there in age, or I'm starting to do this, or, oh, man, I, I don't feel so good when I get up. I can't hardly move. I, I, I'm, I find myself slower and slower getting up off that chair, walking up. I mean, every day is slower. But guess what? He's still got things for me to do. And then Jesus had gone and really messed things up in the Pharisees' world by healing on the Sabbath. If you read down farther, he goes, he, they brought him on the Sabbath. You know, on the Sabbath... They had let the Sabbath get out of hand. Here's a couple of things they could not do on the Sabbath. They could not wear sandals with nails in them because that was considered a burden. Think about that. They couldn't pull your hair or cut your nail. That was not allowed on the Sabbath. You couldn't heal medical attention only if their life was in danger. If they had a broken limb, you could not set it on the Sabbath. 
If you sprained your ankle or sprained your hand or something, you couldn't pour cold water on it. Now, folks, that's letting the Sabbath get out of hand. And that's what happens when we start nitpicking things to death. When we start saying, I don't know about that. We can get caught up in that. I've gotten caught up in that. Oh, I don't, I don't know. That's a little out there, isn't it? You know, we, we, we find ourselves in there. We can't let our interpretation of things skew our witness and our understanding of what God's work is. We all look at things differently. Jesus was healing and performing a miracle and ministering to a person in need. But the Pharisees were in too big a hurry to condemn without understanding what urgency and need they needed to do in this world of change. See, the Pharisees were too busy about their rules and the way that they thought things ought to be. And we can get that way sometimes. We can decide, I don't know, that's pretty out there, boy, I don't know. And it can be about all kinds of crazy things. I don't, Mexican food on a Wednesday night, I don't know about that. You know? I mean, and, and I'm just making, you know, you understand what I'm saying. We, will, we can find ways to kind of go, oh, I don't know, why are we feeding these people? They can eat on their own. Why can't we? What about the people that have these needs? There were some people that walked through around here. I'm finding out already that people just kind of wander in here, and they, they don't know what's going on, and they want to know. They're, they're hungry to hear, and what are we feeding them when they get here? We need to make sure that they understand that there is more to life than, than rules and regulations. Or those things that we never done it that way before. Whatever it may be. We don't know. We don't know what God's got in store for us. But we need to be ready and in a hurry to find his urgency that he's got for us. Because he does want to see things happen. He, his will is for our church to grow in his grace and to grow as in our ministries and to reach out and bring people in and for more people to know who he is. That's our job. And we try to make it too much of a job and not a lifestyle. We'll talk more about that in weeks to come, about how we can minister on as our lifestyle, as we walk, as we go. Because that's what the really... When you read the, the Great Commission is, as you are going, tell others. You know, it's, it's not, let's take a special trip to this. No, it's as you're going, people are going to come in your life. And when they do, we have to be ready and understand the urgency that we may not see them again. This may be the, our only chance, and we need to take it. And he'll provide it for you. If you're open and you're praying, he will do it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word and what it teaches us. Help us to not be blind. Open our eyes so that we can see what the needs are, the ministries are around us. Open our hearts that we'll lean and listen to you and look out for those. Lord, we thank you for who you are and what that you have ministered to our life. Fill us with your grace and love and mercy, and we'll give you the honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. It's our invitation time.
the altar is open. If you have any decision you need to make, we invite you to come. If you'd like to just come and pray, this is your time. This is for you as we sing.